Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Angela got me sick this week. <laughs> so I'm getting over mine. I'm still a little stuffy, and Joe now is super nasally and yes. kind of gross. So uh, Thank you for calling me gross. That's I mean, mean, gross like, you know, he's drainy, and right. we're both snotty. Yeah, and... just keep digging yourself into a bigger hole. So. <laughs> we're out on episode 70. It's hard to believe we've done 70 of these Are so you far. serious? I am very serious. Yes, this is episode 70. So, uh, um, Last week we did our uh, kind of hurricane, like trip planning, how to deal if there's a hurricane coming. Uh, what was interesting is after listening to it, my mom called me and told me <laughs> that she actually had ha- that happened to her years ago that their flight was canceled due to a hurricane. They ended up going a day later and she said they called Disney and you know Disney was really great about moving it around. Um, so this kind of goes to show that. <laughs> yeah, we even knew somebody with this experience. So interesting. Yeah, and I didn't know beforehand. And then kind of also related to the most recent hurricane in the uh, feel-good story of the week. Mm. Uh, so Jermaine, uh, he was turning seven. He lives in Florida. And he had saved for a year to go to Animal Kingdom. Uh, but then oh. when, when the hurricane came, he was in, uh, I believe, South Carolina visiting his grandma. And he used all that money to buy supplies for people that were leaving. No! Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I didn't realize I was emotional today until you told me that story and now I'm crying. Yeah, so so Disney actually and he he got picked up on like national news and stuff because of this. So Disney actually uh came Mickey came to his house, they threw him a birthday party and now he's getting a VIP trip to Are Disney you this month. Yeah, so kind of tug on the heartstrings there, so. <laughs> oh man. Now I'm a mess. Well, here, we'll turn that around really quick. So it not feel good. <laughs> news the spider-man marvel saga kind of continues so we talked about this a few weeks ago how it seemed like spider-man was out of the mcu because marvel and sony couldn't come to an agreement yep to keep them in there and i think we even said back then that there's not gonna be another spider-man movie for a few years yeah like we have plenty of time for them to work something out yeah well lo and behold reports have come out that (laughs) deals aren't dead they well, aren't dead. Yeah, they aren't wait, wait, dead. You said a not feel good news. Well, I'm just saying because it's corporate drama. So. Oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's not. Well, feel we'll good we'll in that well way. we'll get to it in a second where it's not feel good. Oh, so no. hold on. So that's so, okay. I think my my eyes are drying now. Reports are now that that Sony has still have offers on the table now of giving Marvel thirty percent of Spider Man. Okay, so, and which, they had what? What was it? Ten percent or oh, five? Right. But they want Venom in the MCU now as as part of this deal, too. So that's where we get into the not oh. feel good. Because I don't think the Venom movie uh, was that great. Now, maybe putting Venom in the MCU would, would be good. But that's kind of their play. So I almost wonder... I mean, Tom so- Hardy is well-respected. I mean, it's not the worst deal that Disney can make or Marvel could make. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious on how people feel about this. Because, again, Venom... The first movie wasn't that great, so trying to fold that in the MCU. Now, maybe if they let Marvel kind of manage the second one, uh, it will be better. But so that's that's oh, kind of yeah. the deal on the table. I, I almost wonder if this was Sony's plan all along of let's play hardball and then we'll get two characters in the MCU. And then that way we won't have to worry about making any movies. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. We'll see where that goes. Again, that's kind of like a rumor that that's the, uh, the deal on the table, so... 
So our episode idea for this week is based on a question that we got from a listener, uh, Thomas M. Thank you so much. So he wanted us to rank Pixar films, and we thought that this would be a great idea and a great stepping up off point for an episode. So thank you, yeah, Thomas. Yeah, thanks, Tom. So he actually sent uh, quite a few things of, of different potential you know, show ideas or questions for rankings, uh, but I thought the Pixar one would be pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, just because they have so many movies, um, you know, I think 21 films so far. Wow. And they've had, I looked it up. It's crazy though that Pixar's been in existence so much longer and they still only have a couple more films and but then the M, like the MCU. They don't. The MCU has more. Really? Yeah. At this point? Yeah, I believe. When we did our ranking episode, what was it, like 18? Yeah, or, I believe I can't with, remember what with it was. Spider-Man Far From Home, that was either 21 or 22. So. Oh, so they're either tied or one have behind. more. Or one, oh. yeah, or Pixar's either tied or Yeah, or, or has yeah, yeah, one exactly. less. So, Holy crow. But, but I mean, I know we all know that Pixar notoriously will turn over ideas for movies for years. They really cultivate these movies and really grow them. And and so it does take a lot longer than some of these superhero movies. Yeah, Marvel's turn making fast. two to three movies a year. Pixar maybe makes one every couple, couple years. years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they've had 21 movies so far. Um, it started with Toy Story 1995, and then most recently Toy Story 4. So kind of bookends. <laughs> um, but they've they've grossed 14 billion dollars worldwide. All the Pixar movies. 14 billion. Yeah, so they've they've done very well. I mean, I think I was gonna say that actually seems a little low to me. I mean, it's it's a really high number, but considering that like Endgame's made like a billion dollars itself, but for an animated film, they're not making that much money. Yeah, but I mean, I think every movie, but maybe The Good Dinosaur, has opened number one at the box office. So, right. I mean, they're always opening number one. They've had a few billion-dollar earners, Toy Story 4, Toy Story 3, Incredibles 2. So, yeah, that's true. I think Finding Dory, if it wasn't a billion, it was yeah. close to well, it. Well, I mean, when they were first started, movies weren't making a billion dollars. Now they do. So, I mean, it's not. It's kind of an unfair comparison there. Correct. Yeah, I mean, when Toy Story started in 1995, I mean, it, it did extremely well. Yeah, you know, but yeah, it's not movies. That I just do remember, that much back then. like Lenny, my brother, would like. I remember he would talk about how great, like how much he loved Toy Story, and he was eighteen, I think, at the time, or he was more than eighteen because I was a baby, so he was in his twenties at the point at that time. So it was again, like it's just a movie that appealed to so many different demographics and ages, and it, you know, and Pixar continues to do that today. Yeah, I mean, they've always been kind of a technological marvel of of being the first really company to do this computer animation like this yeah and i think that's what helped them early on the other thing that helped them is they focused on stories i mean the the computer animation was just a medium to tell the story they really focused on let's make sure we have a good story good character and not just try to kind of trick people and say hey just come see it for these you know cool effects and kind of gimmicky you yeah. know it, it was actually a good story that kept people coming back which so it's is not a michael bay movie <laughs> Joe loves Transformers movies. That's, so those are good movies. Anytime I can make a uh, Transformers joke, hey. <laughs> his face, I love those movies. His face just care. went completely blank, and then just smile. He just smiled. I still love those movies. So. <laughs> it's okay. I know that there are some movies I love that aren't the greatest. Yeah, and and kind of the other thing we we've talked about Pixar in the past. I think it was episode twenty seven. We discussed the Pixar theory, which is the theory that all of these movies <laughs> are, are in an interconnected universe uh, because of Boo, essentially. She's trying to track down Sully, and and she kind of has gone through this entire universe. So she's like the common thread. So yeah. if you're interested in that, go back and listen to that one. I, I think, like I said, I think it's episode 27. If it's not, it, it's right around there. You'll you'll be able to find it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so so Thomas's question was kind of ranking the movies. I thought what might be uh, interesting, you know, maybe a little bit easier to kind of sort through it is you know, we have five movies that are franchises. So we have the Toy Story, Cars, Monsters, Inc., The Incredibles, and Finding Nemo. So those are uh, franchises with multiple movies in it. And then you have Brave, Wally, Coco, Inside Out, Ratatouille, Bugs Life, and The Good Dinosaur. So you have uh, seven movies there that are just single movies, so kind of non-franchises at this point. They've had no sequels. Mm. So I thought we could kind of break them up uh, between the two of kind of what are our favorite, you know, maybe rank them, but kind of what are our favorite franchises and then what are our favorite non-franchises. Yeah, awesome. Starting with the franchises, my favorite franchise, and it's really interesting, like I probably wouldn't have said this until the second one came out and then it made me appreciate the first one more. But my favorite franchise is Incredibles. The Incredibles? Yeah. I, is that you too? Well, I was going to say, it's interesting. I have, I've actually marked three of mine as top. Oh, okay. Because it, it's kind of like, I think all three of them are extremely well done. I mean, all of these movies are yeah. extremely well done. But if I think of... I would disagree, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, just looking at like the, the quality of the movies, the movies I like, kind of the world that they're built. And that's what's so great about all these Pixar movies. Oh, yeah. they build these incredible yeah. worlds. Even, that you just all of the movies. Yeah. Even the ones that I don't like. It, the world building is still incredible. Yeah, because they're all connected. That's why they're all in one <laughs> world. So, so I kind of had a, a you know a couple marked as potential top, and I'm not sure that I can really define it. I, I do think though, Incredibles, like you said, based on the second one, is probably my favorite kind of franchise. If if I had you know push came it's to one shove, of the best movies. One. It's one of the best animated movies that Disney's come out with recently. Period. The second Incredibles. Is. I think what Incredibles does so well, kind of going back to that world, is it, it has a really interesting take on like what it means to be a superhero. Like we have so many superhero movies now, right. and and it kind of it takes something you know, a superhero, but it it doesn't just follow the traditional formula. It's all about you know, kind of like what is that really responsibility? Like it, it puts a more like human spin on it. Right. And then most of our superhero movies that we have, it's they're one off superheroes. So Spider-Man, for example, um, he he's the most hit. I feel like his affects his family the most, because if you see different iterations in the movie, you know, there's always the he has to worry about um, Aunt May and different uh, and um, Mary Jane because he's a superhero. But in this case, in the Incredibles case, they are all superheroes. And so they are both extraordinary in the fact that they're superheroes, but also they're ordinary in the fact that they're a family and they can't get along and dad has to do dad things and laundry and stuff. Yeah, and that, that was going to be my other point is that it's about superheroes, but it's also about family. So it's essentially right. a Fast and the Furious movie for superheroes. <laughs> so this is this is Pixar's Fast and the Furious franchise. So I think that's what makes it so great. You take, you take Marvel... You take Fast and Furious, you put them together, you get The Incredibles. That's why it's amazing. Because uh, uh, it's superheroes and family. Uh, okay. It's a lot more plausible, though, than any you of the Fast what? and Furious movies. Incredibles has some car chases in it, too. I'm <laughs> telling you, this is secret Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> yes, yeah. I see what you're doing, Pixar. I see you. <laughs> um, also, I just like the twists and turns in the movie. Like, in the second one especially... You have Screenslaver, who you're. Spoiler alert! You you think that he is driving the action. He is the mastermind. When when um 
when Helen Parr finally catches him, he's just the pizza delivery guy. Like he isn't the one behind it. And the one behind it is the employ is Helen Parr's employer. Like she's going out and earning a living for her family. And then she realizes, oh my gosh, I'm part of the problem. Like I've been working for this evil lady who's been duping me this whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really well done movie. So yeah, so I think, I think that that's top. Me. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's top. That's definitely top. What do you have next? I would say my other ones that I had marked as top ones, so kind of up in that that upper echelon. I had the Finding Nemo franchise. Yeah, so I think me Finding too. Nemo, Finding Dory, are really well done. One, they're they're great movies. They have, I mean, Finding Nemo was a, was a great story, but the other thing was Finding Nemo really was a huge leap in terms of quality for Pixar. So. The entire movie takes place underwater. It was very well done visually. I mean, all every yeah. Pixar movie looked good. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like not any of them looked bad. But like, if you look at the original Toy Story movie, and, and they know this, I mean, it was very blocky. Like they all they could really do was toys. So that's why it was toys. There weren't people's faces in there. They didn't do hair very well. You know, you only ever saw the feet of somebody really of Andy. Um, yeah, because they didn't do humans very well. Well, you saw, I mean, yeah, not very, right. not often, Briefly. but yeah. yeah, and Sid and stuff, right. yeah. And then you jump forward, and, and it really was like a huge leap to get to Finding Nemo, where they could do water and how the light kind of shone underwater and these colorful yeah, fish the and refractions everything. and stuff. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, I remember when it came out, how much of a big deal they made out of just how beautiful, I mean, it was, it was, it's visually stunning. And even today it holds up, which is impressive because that movie came out May 30th, 2003. And that movie still looks fantastic today, despite it being 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And Finding Dory, you know, again, we talked about story. It kind of takes you back to that world. Characters. Finding Dory story. Yeah. But no, but it's, it's a good story was my point. You know that oh, no, I, it wasn't like they, I mean, they made a sequel to a very successful movie but they waited until they had an interesting kind of idea and a good story. Similar, similarly with The Incredibles. There was 14 years in between the first and second movie. They don't just turn they out movies. They didn't force it. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it is it is a very well... It fits into it. I mean, I don't love the fact that Disney has been has resorted to a lot of franchises lately. I, I really think that they do a great job at creating real like original ideas. And so I would love to see them create more original ideas. And Pixar's doing that. I mean, the next and two Pixar, movies yeah. are original movies. Right, right. I do think, though, with these two in particular, they really took their time with them. And they are so well cultivated that they are as good as or better than this, the originals. The other thing that I think is super interesting about Finding Nemo in particular, and then also Finding Dory is they find a way in a children's movie to take the main characters and have them be adults. If you think about it, Finding Nemo, the main character is Marlin. He's a dad. His concerns are adult concerns. He's having a hard time letting go of his son. And that is really the big problem in the movie. And even though it's a kid's movie, adults can fully relate to it. And kids still love it because it's the way that it's done and you know, Nemo's a really likable character. He's a kid. They can relate to him. But at the same time, I mean, they make most kids movies. The main characters are teenagers. They're a little bit older than the kids themselves or their children. But a lot of these Pixar movies, The Incredibles, you have some main characters that are adults. We're about to probably talk about Monsters, Inc. right now is my guess. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, that and was they're my adults. Next one. Yeah. yeah, and and they do a great job of taking adult characters and making them relatable to children. And then, of course, they're still, they're relatable to adults. So right, yeah. That I was gonna say, Monsters Inc. is my next one. And again, that's more for kind of the universe of things. I think that was a really interesting idea mm-hmm. they had of how yes. 
you know, you're using scares for electricity, but it turns out laughter is even better. And it's yeah. just, it's this whole kind of thing of monsters are afraid of the little kids. You yes. know, like you have this little Except girl. Except for Boo, who's special. No, but that's what I'm saying. But you have Boo and like they freak out initially because it's like a child. Uh-huh. Be, you know, they're worried but about these kids. But they're really afraid of the kids. Yeah, contaminating it. Exactly. So it's just, it's, it's really well done. It's an interesting universe. And I think it kind of goes to show how much people do like being in that world because we're getting a Disney Plus series around Monsters, Inc. Right. You know, so they're, they're kind of building that out, maybe not through a third movie, but through a TV show. And, and it is. It's just, you know, great characters. Um, and, and just kind of, like, a, like I said, it's, it's the world building of that one. Right. And I think that a lot of times, and the thing that makes Pixar, particularly Pixar movies, so fantastic is the heart that is incorporated in it. So I, I remember reading, and I know, I, th- I think I talked about this on the podcast, so I don't remember all the specific names or anything, but I know that, people were talking about uh, or like one of the things that was inspiration for Monsters Inc. was one of the creators or one of the people had just become a father. And so he was grappling with his feelings as a father. And that's kind of where he got his inspiration for Solly's feelings towards Boo. And so there's a big, deep, like a, a, a deep well of emotion that has been like running beneath and you can feel it in the movie. And it really just, it communicates so well. So I, it's just, fantastic right and now at this point you guys are all probably screaming why we haven't mentioned toy story yet because i think that's that's one of everybody's if not their favorite up there with their top franchises i will say that's definitely one of my favorites as well i think i probably didn't mention that one just as a top because it already gets so much credit for being you know the one of the best franchises uh, pixar's ever done it launched pixar you know their movies have done really well and not that I dislike it, and I do think it, it's really well done. Like I said, I, I kind of didn't want to, almost didn't want to pick it as number one just because of that. But I will say it's a great story because it does touch on, similar to these other movies that we talked about, you know, it touches on a lot of themes that uh, children go through as growing up of kind of what it means to grow up, you know, of, you know, you have your toys, but as you get, to become an adult, you maybe don't want those toys anymore. But right. and, but what does that mean? You know, kind of. But you see it all from the toys perspective, right? Like, what does that mean to kind of be, you know, abandoned and they have to find, you know, a new owner? But then they realize, hey, just because Andy has grown up and doesn't want us, there's other children out there that we can help and and right. kind of almost like the kind of circle of life type thing. Like, well, you, yeah. you have you have one, you you can impact multiple lives. So they are, uh, you know, really well done. I just I think I find myself if if I could choose to watch one of these other movies, I probably just wouldn't choose Toy Story before seeing one of these other ones. Right. I, I do think I I wanna just comment on what you just said. The commentary in Toy Story about donating your toys, um <laughs> and like reusing toys and reusing materials is fantastic. You know, as a culture we constantly want to buy new, buy new, buy new. But for kids, kids grow out of things so fast. And so it's great to recycle toys. It's great to recycle clothes. Anything that you can pass on to the next generation of kids, that's fantastic because not only does that create less waste, but also, I mean, if you think about it, like I, I love certain toys. It's great to have the opportunity as a kid to pass on one of your favorite toys to another kid so that it can mean just as much to them as it had meant to you. So I love that. But going back to what you said about Toy Story and why you didn't pick it, I didn't pick it because I didn't connect with it as a kid. I loved the story behind it, but most of the characters, the main characters in the original were male. 
They didn't. And I think they realized this when they made the second one and they started creating like Jesse and stuff like that. I think they realized that Andy was a, was a male. Uh, Woody was a male. Buzz was a male. The only female characters they had were like Bo Peep and and that was about it. And she really didn't play a major factor. So I didn't feel such a strong connection to the to the original franchise, which which kind of lost me for the rest of the movies. I will say it also kind of freaked me out, the idea that my toys are going to come to life when I'm not there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and th- you know, when you're a young kid, you're seven or eight years old, and it's like, hey, uh, when you walk out of the room, your toys are talking about you, moving around. <laughs> a little bit freaky, a little bit off. I don't know. So. I would have liked that, especially before... I was able right. like, before my parents I guess got me a dog. Never seen any horror movies where the toys then start murdering you. <laughs> well, I had a lot of stuffed animal dogs, so and I had wanted a dog, so I would have loved that. I'd have been like, "Hey, I have all these dogs now." Yeah, there you go. So, and then the last franchise is Cars. I have never seen the Cars movies. I know you do not like them. Once okay. Disney Plus comes out, I will watch them. Uh, I know you'll you're be doing not, it by yourself. I know you're not a fan of these movies. So, I, I, Cars I, remains the only movie I've ever fallen asleep in the theater during my friend and i both fell asleep in the theater so it's a think a testament to how the movie does a poor job of connecting i think we could just leave it at that so (laughs) so those are kind of the the franchises so now moving to the non-franchise movies i don't know we necessarily need to go through all of them because i mean some of them uh like the bug's life it was so long ago yeah we've only seen once it's it's so long ago. i mean they're all and again they're all good movies so like pixar I don't. I want to say doesn't make a bad movie. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe they don't do commercially well, like The Good Dinosaur. That was yeah. kind of and that, neither, that's their one that you could say is a flop. But even that, like the idea for that is amazing. I just we have we've never gotten the opportunity to see it. Once yeah, yeah, Disney again, Plus comes yeah, out, that will Disney be the first thing that I do. Yeah, and, then, and so like that's the only one in twenty one movies that you could consider a flop. And even that is not really that bad. You know, it came out around the same time I think as Inside Out. I know it was another Pixar movie. I believe it was Inside Out. So it kind of got overshadowed by that. So I think for me, kind of of the non-franchise ones, just kind of talking about my top ones. Um, I think my three top ones are uh, Wally, Coco, and Inside Out. I think Inside Out is is the best one of the non-franchise world. Yeah, that's, that's my number one as well. You know, I... I didn't see that one in theaters. I think I watched it. You watched it on an airplane. I watched it on a plane when we were flying somewhere. But you know, I'd heard really good things about it. It's a you know, it's kind of a, a revolutionary idea for a story. It takes place all inside of Riley's mind. It's all about you know growing up and emotions. And it was a very interesting kind of concept. And you know, heard good things about it. And I watched it, and it is amazing. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's so well done. You know, Pete Doctor directed it, and he. I mean, I think it's no a coincidence that he's now creative head of Pixar because he's directed some of their best movies. He did uh, Inside Out, Monsters, Inc. He did Up, which, oh, which, which we forgot We forgot to mention earlier as one of the non-franchise ones. And and he's doing Soul, which Soul sounds kind of like Inside Out. Maybe that's a secret sequel you <laughs> know, to Inside Out or kind of in a, a shared universe type thing. But... I mean, they're all in a shared universe. Well, true, true, but but maybe more overtly in a shared universe. So, yeah, but it's just, it's just really well done. The concept is such. Uh, it's it's a, a very a real, high concept. Yeah, it's a really high concept, but it's so well done that I do think you know it's relatable it, to children, adults. It's just a beautiful movie. 
It takes something that is so intangible and makes it tangible and understandable, like your emotions, especially like, I mean, for an adult to see them do that, it's incredible for a kid. I think it maybe helps them understand their own emotions maybe a little bit more. Uh, it, It is just it's fantastic. And also it touches on other things about childhood. Like, um, like we were talking about how Toy Story talks about, you know, not maybe wanting to play with your toys anymore. This one talks about your imaginary friends and what happens to your imaginary yeah, friends. Bing yeah. Bing bong. I cried so hard when bing bong like got stuck and he could, he kind of floated away. He became no more. And that, the fact that that movie and these movies can consistently, I know when I go, I should wear my waterproof mascara because I am going to cry. <laughs> yeah. Like it, that really speaks to the quality of what they're able to do time after time after time. So yeah, this movie, very high concept, very good. I definitely, I think the best of the best, but I would also say the movie that we forgot up is up there. Yeah, I know. Ha, yeah. No pun intended too. Yeah, I know you really like up, and and that is a a good movie. The same way you kind of mentioned, you didn't connect with Toy Story. I don't know. There was something about up. I just think I I didn't, didn't connect, connect with, with. Uh, uh, initially. Um, up is a very jarring movie in the beginning. I remember. I think my sister said something about how it starts so much with that death theme and how he's viewing his wife and she's gone and like, oh my god, what's wrong with me today? I'm crying, like crying again. again. Crying. So take I, over for a second. I I do think, like you said, I I didn't really I think connect with it initially. It is a good movie though. I mean, I like the characters in it. I like Russell. I like Doug. I like Kevin. You know, I I like the characters. So I think that's one I kind of want to revisit. Carl. Yeah, like again. Yeah, what, I would watch this. Yeah, once to revisit again because I think I may like it uh, if I saw it again. Because again, I like the characters more, and maybe just kind of go back in it and enjoy the story a little bit more. Yeah, once you aren't jarred by the very beginning, I think that the whole movie does a great job of bringing together unlikely allies. Um, you know, you have an old man and a young boy, and they kind of forge this friendship, and he learns to kind of cope with the death of his wife through it so definitely so my other two that i kind of mentioned uh wally i I think that's a good one it has a good commentary uh when we ranked our top animated heroes wally was in there for me i you know i have a soft spot for robots (laughs) (laughs) big hero six and wally i think you see yourself in them (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks but i think wally's really good because it's interesting because nobody talks and for yeah, like that's why it's half ranked, that movie. That's why it's ranked down on my last two. <laughs> but I, I I appreciate the the kind of bold choice. The they commentary, took. yeah, yeah. and the bold good. choice they took of that of let's make a movie like they're that's that's not a movie that a studio that did not have a string of hits would make. Like if you went to any other studio yeah. and said we're gonna make a movie. In which nobody says a word for well, the first. A lot of action movies do that nowadays. No, they, t- <laughs> they talk, but nobody says anything, or there's no real action. Even I mean, nothing blows up or anything for okay. the first half of the movie. Most nobody else would greenlight that movie, but Pixar trusts in their directors, trusts in the story, trusts in the connection that they that they do it, and it did really well. I I will say, like you said, with Up, I would be willing to give Wally a second chance because I do strongly believe in the message of Wally. And so I think that I would be willing to watch it again and and knowing and go in knowing that there's not much dialogue because I would be I want to see that that message again conveyed the way that Pixar intended it to be. Definitely, so. definitely. And my last one is Coco. 
and I like Coco for <laughs> the visuals. Yes. It, it was it's it's visually well done. I do think it's it's a really good story, and I think it kind of gets knocked a little bit. People didn't seem to like it as much as some of the other Pixar movies. I think it is a it's a really good story. But whenever they get into, I wanted to call it the upside down, but that's Stranger Things. <laughs> well, kind of whenever that you know they go into the the land of the dead, just the visuals in it is incredible and. I really wish they would turn that into a ride. We're getting a float in Disneyland, which looks really great. Yeah. That's a cocoa themed float. But I do really wish that they would redo the Mexico boat ride in Epcot. That would have been nice if they announced that at D23. Yeah. I mean, I like Mary Poppins, but um, I mean, my Mary Poppins is uh, Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Oh, Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. So. So if he's not in the ride, I'm gonna be like, "Where's the real Mary Poppins?" So. Yeah. I I wish they would have kind of announced a, a coco overlay to that boat ride because that's probably the worst ride at Epcot that you can you can avoid that boat ride and not miss anything. I honestly didn't even know there was a boat ride in Mexico <laughs> for years. And then I finally wrote it because I was like, I need to ride it just to see it. And it's not good at all. It's it's just oh, wow. it's like TV screens of just people in Mexico playing music and stuff. It's it's We'll have to go ride it whenever we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing There probably won't be a line. Food and wine will be crowded. (laughs) There won't be a line in there. Well, the thing that Coco does so well, and I don't have Coco ranked up higher. I have a couple other movies ranked above it. But like you were saying, the visuals, I mean, and I, you do feel, I still feel like there's something missing from that movie. And I can't, I don't remember, I know when we watched it, I kind of corner, like I was having a hard time cornering what it is. I don't know if it's a connection to the main character or what but the whole concept of the movie is incredible with you know as somebody lives on in that the 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 land of the dead the whole idea of remembering you yeah memory you to, like yeah, memory. how your memory keeps you kind of alive but once you people forget you you kind of disappear um and i get like just the, the vibrancy and you could kind of feel the pulse of the mexican culture in that movie in a way that is not really represented on on such a big scale in in you know in our media today. So I really felt like it was a, it was a cool showcase of a different culture and it was a great way to sort of show that to children and show them that there is a lot of diversity out there in the world and that their way isn't the only way. Um, so I really, I enjoyed that part of Coco and I wish that there was something that missing piece that I still can't put my finger on. I wish that it was in there because I think it, it had the potential to be the best movie on this list. My movie that I ranked up higher that I would fight for, fight you for, is Ratatouille. Ratatouille is one of my one of my favorites. And it's it's so funny because we we eat most of our meals out. We do not cook. We are not big cooks. We have a nice kitchen downstairs, but I hate to cook. And there is still something about that movie that I can connect to. I will say this. Talk to me again once I ride the Ratatouille ride because I'll probably love it because that's what happened <laughs> with, like Frozen. with Frozen. Yes. <laughs> I'll probably come off that ride and be like, Ratatouille is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. Ratatouille, I mean, again, of course, I don't even... At this point in, in this particular podcast, I hate to say this because we've said it with everything, but it's such a cool concept. It's Yeah, that, the, that, is, that really is the common thread. I mean, Pixar, mm-hmm. like their tagline should be Pixar, we have the greatest concepts. <laughs> and it's, it's almost amazing if you think about it that over, you know, since 1995 when their first movie came out, so that's 24 years at this point, right. that they can have 
this many original ideas. I mean, if you look at Disney when they first started, they were taking... And they're wildly original. They're not like a little tiny leap. It's like, hey, you know what? I have a great idea. What if we take a rat and we decide he's going to be a really good cook and we have him take over a human and they forge this friendship out of necessity and they become a team but of course there's friction because he's a rat and he's not allowed to be in a kitchen it's almost like they're playing creative mad libs yeah like like just like pick an animal pick an action uh you know pick an occupation and let's mix it together so we get rat chef france okay let's make a movie about that (laughs) um but yeah i mean it's, it's it's really amazing because uh, what I was saying is, like, even when when Disney started with his animations, Alice in Wonderland, that was based off a story. Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, those were based off a of fairy tale. So he he put his own spin on them, but right. there was a, a source material they were going off of. I mean, maybe Pixar is working off of some sort of source material, but like you said, if they are, it's very no, hard. Their to tie source material is like the collective consciousness because yeah. it's so much more than and, and if what you, what I love Disney movies. I probably would say I quote unquote like Disney movies more but they don't come up with original concepts like Pixar does. Well, well they are now. I, I was to say ever since Pixar was purchased by Disney and they started working with uh, Walt Disney Studios you're getting a lot more original like Moana. Oh yeah Moana yeah. You know Frozen that is kind of similar to the Ice Queen story yeah, I, I was think. Gonna say, to though, extent, Moana but... even I mean Moana borrows from the real world because there are some mythology there's mythology that they right. borrow from. But it's a little bit more original it wasn't right. just taking a, a even, fairy tale. Even Disney attributes the Lion King as being their first quote unquote original but it's it's Hamlet. They changed it's the story of Hamlet it, right, but right. it's Hamlet. Right. Pretty closely Hamlet. Yeah so. As an English major but, it's closely Hamlet. But, but to your point of you know collective consciousness if, if you read uh, you know any books about Pixar? They really do. I mean, they're run by they call it the the brain trust there, and it really is. They have they just have a great group of creatives and directors in there, and they and they work on these ideas. And I think why they are so successful is because they're not afraid to work on an idea for a year or two and then go, it's not working. Like they're they're willing to try it out because right. maybe the. You know, they have a little bit that they can go off of, and then maybe they can get that spark of genius in it. But if it doesn't work, they cut it. I, I mean, I know in um, or they or they shelve it because there have been number a number of movies also that they shelved for years and then they brought it back because they figured out a way to make it work. Yeah, um, you know, Ed Ed Catmull, the president of Pixar, he wrote a, a great book called Creativity Inc. where he talks about this process. But he mentions that that. There are movies that they worked on, and I, I don't think they ever announced the name. So he said they worked on them for two or three years, and I mean, and spent probably tens of millions of dollars on them, and just realized we couldn't get it, and just scrapped it. Or there was, there's even been, I can't remember the movie, but I believe there was one they announced that they were going to make, and then uh, haven't been able to do it, and then you know canceled it. And so, but they're not afraid to take those risks, and even you know publicly be like well hey you guys kind of failed you weren't able to make that movie because they make so many other great ones i wonder if they have like a creativity boneyard somewhere like if they have a like just a a file system of these movies that they worked on for so long and they couldn't quite get to work so that later on maybe somebody digs through the archives and some new mind can come and make it work or if it's just all kind of lost in computer files i mean no good idea ever dies i mean it's the same thing kind of with disney imagineering like you know, Disney Imagineering kind of recycles similar ideas and if maybe something didn't get built but there's a good piece, there's a good idea, like there's a portion of it that's nice, you may see that pop up somewhere else. So I think it's probably the same with Pixar that, hey, this movie didn't work but we had one little 
piece of it that One was really yeah that was really interesting. So let's put that in this movie here and use it then. So yeah, I, I have to imagine that, like you said, they're they're constantly sharing. They are kind of a collective brain trust over there. So, yeah. but I'll, I'll let you continue with. Did you have any other movies? Well, I mean, I don't really have a great reason for this because I unfortunately my memory is crap but i do know that i enjoyed brave a lot as well um that was one of my top movies too just because i thought i and enjoyed in that one too what allegedly boo oh, as yes. the witch uh, again yeah. go back to the pixar theory mind-blowing right, right. Yeah, definitely listen to the pixar theory one when you're sitting down you don't want to be driving have your mind explode when you're driving because it it can be earth shattering it can be you can also check out i, I know that this we got a lot of our information from the Super Cartland Brothers on YouTube. They have a nice, interesting explanation of that. Yeah, so with Brave, I just found this movie to be fun. Again, um, I enjoyed the culture of it. I felt like... And now, I think some people were like, uh, you're a little bit a little bit over top on this Scottish culture here. I the think. funniest thing about Brave is in <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph. Is how they wreck it. Is when, when Ralph wrecks the internet and uh, Meredith's talking... And they're like, did anybody understand her? And the other princesses are like, nobody does. She's from the other studio. That was the funniest <laughs> thing that came out of Brave. Right, right, right. I mean, Brave's a good movie, but that that's the funniest thing about that. Like that right. commentary on Well, yeah, accent. and that dig, because I think that was part of the, the the criticism for that movie is that people had a really hard time understanding Merida because her accent was so thick. The movie was a lot of fun. I felt like there was a lot of heart in it. Uh, you had a, my favorite part about brave was you had a female character who is a princess who does not end up with a a prince in the end because she is trying to win her own hand so i think that the concept of that and the idea of that is very liberating and in and of itself so it kind of maybe even though it might not have been the best movie it really shot it up to the top for me and again that's kind of another point of how now you're seeing pixar influence disney movies you have frozen you know elsa's not ending up with somebody at the end you have moana Anna, she's right. kind of her own person. Even, you know, Vanellope and Wreck-It Ralph. I mean, she's technically a Disney princess. And yeah. I mean, that whole movie's about kind of how they don't need a big, strong man to save her. They All the princesses actually save Ralph in right. the end of the sequel. So, you know, she she needs Ralph to an extent, but she really doesn't need him. It's not like they're a romantic interest. Yeah, she's her own person. Friends, exactly. Right. Yeah. So you see that a lot more now. Right. And, and, and I think that that's it's such a constructive message to be sent to young girls. I'm always looking at that kind of that kind of for those kind of things because I imagine, you know, if you if we ever had kids, that's the kind of world I want to raise my little girl in is a world where she realizes that she can be dependent on herself and if she has a man or a woman or whatever, that's great, but that is so important for her to learn to be reliant on herself. All right. So I think that's pretty much that, it. That wraps it up. Yeah, I, I mean, think we, we, we both abstain from commenting on the good dinosaur because we haven't seen it. We said so. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I, but I think most that, of the movies that's there. good. Yeah, I want to thank uh, Thomas M again for sending in, in this question. If you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, uh, again, like I said, he he sent in a few, so we may cover some of the other ones in, in one of the later episodes. So thanks again, Thomas, being kind of a little bit of a show producer there for us. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what? This week, yeah, we we definitely have to pay some props to Thomas, Thomas as well. Thomas, yeah, producer. Because we've, yeah. been, we've been paying props to you for the producing, but thanks, Thomas. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but if, if you have a question, um, you can send it in uh, through our website, EnchantedEarsPodcast.com. 
slash podcast question or on Facebook uh, at Enchanted Ears Podcast or Instagram at Enchanted Ears Podcast as well. So you can, can send in your questions uh, or suggestions uh, through there. Just want to let everybody know we set up a Patreon. Um, so if, if you enjoy the show and you'd like to support us, uh, head over to Patreon. I'll include a link in the show notes. I have an initial launch goal of trying to get 15 kind of supporters. So if we hit 15 supporters on there, we'll do a special uh, Patreon members only giveaway. So I'm not sure, you know, exactly what the giveaway will be, but we'll, you know, do something Disney related. Like I said, once we hit 15 uh, supporters, we have a couple so far, so we don't have exactly 15 to go, you know, maybe like 12 or 13. So if if you're interested, like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes. So again, want to thank everybody for listening because without our listeners supporting the show, this wouldn't be possible. You know, leave us a rating or a review. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Above all else, the reviews are the most important thing that you could possibly give us. Giving us a review allows us to attract more uh, listeners. So that's golden. So thank you for lending us your ears. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll we'll see you here next week. Uh, Have a great week. Hopefully both of us can talk. Sorry (laughs) you had to listen to me uh, kind of with my voice being off this week. Angela couldn't talk too well last week so oh, man so hopefully yeah. next week we are we're either both good or there's not gonna be an episode because neither of us are gonna be able to talk <laughs> so if there's I'm hopefully on the upside of this thing yeah so if next week it's a repeat it's because we can't talk so <laughs> but hopefully yeah next week we're uh we're both good and we'll have another great episode for you so have a great week everybody see you here next Monday. bye